jump in right now, but welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. You know, we're listening to every praise, every worship is to our God. You know, it's an instrumental version, you know, just to meditate and think about the goodness of God before we go into the word. You know, I just feel like worshiping and just and just giving God some praise, you know, our Tuesday night Bible class begins at 7 p.m. Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. And that's Pacific Standard Time. We're located in the city of Pomona, California. You know, just giving God praise and just feeling really good about His uh, God's goodness and just being God. Not that, you know, just how great God is by Himself. Every praise is to our God. You know, we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God in Jesus' name. If you've missed any part of the messages, you can go to connectingtruth.org, which is our website, connectingtruth.org. Click God on Demand, and it will take you. Uh, to the messages, the archive of messages from the book of Acts and the book of Ezekiel. Essential items for a life of eternity. statement that God is good. He is awesome. You know, we used to have a saying that God is good and he's good all the time. God is good all the time. Certainly want to give praises and glory unto our Lord and Savior and to and thanking you that are joining in and those that have joined in, those that will be listening and, and uh, later on to this message. You know, I was uploading some information onto the system and I, I noted that that the Lord has blessed there are people in Germany, Ireland and you know just around the world that is tuning in and listening to the word of God. You know the Bible tells us that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. Uh, we're going to go before the Lord in a word of prayer but Father in the name of Jesus just thank you for your goodness, thank you for your grace, your mercy, Lord God, and we just pray that, that our voice, everything that we say will give you glory and honor, that you be lifted up, that you be exalted above everything. Lord God, you know the situations that are occurring in the lives of your people and our relatives and the community and the nation at large. But Lord God, we know that you have the answer for all things. And we just want to acknowledge you. You said if we acknowledge you that, that, that you would direct our path. And Lord God, we believe that. We understand that even more today than we did yesterday. Lord God, and we just pray and ask for your guidance. We ask for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding, Lord, to use the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding that we already have acquired too. Lord Jesus, we know that, that you are our shepherd. And if you lead us, that if we follow your leading, 
we know that you'll, you'll lead us the right way, Lord Jesus. And we just want to thank you and praise you for your kindness. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as many have heard or many are experiencing in their various communities around the world, uh, like in California, we are dealing with the stay at home and they're lifting some of the rules up. And I was looking at some of the information today that has been uh, stated on uh, what we consider Memorial Weekend. You know, everyone don't celebrate the same holidays that, that the United States does. So uh, what May uh, 25th uh, was Memorial Day and they, they made an announcement about uh, what religious organizations in LA County and are able to do, Orange County and uh, various areas and one of the things that they, some of the things that they said is that uh, they will be lifting uh, the restriction, but you can only attend a service with a uh, hundred or less or 25%, but either way it go, they want it to be under a hundred. And uh, no, no, the recommendation is no choirs, no groups, and for good reason, understand uh, certain things that have already occurred you know, we need to use wisdom. We need to be smart in what we do. And we need to be obedient to the word of God, which tells us to be smart in what we do. Uh, you know, and it even tells us to pray for uh, our leadership. You know, those that are in the king, pray for the king. You know, our president and all of them, it, it, not asking you to agree with whatever is, is said. I'm saying pray for them. That's our responsibility is to pray for leadership. You know, whether they right or wrong, you should be praying for leadership. And so uh, that is the word of God, not to criticize. You know, we have to learn to keep our opinions to ourselves, especially if we're going to rely upon God. You know, God is not about gossip. He's not about verbiage and all of that kind of mess that people think he is. And so uh, and so we have to brighter our tongue and pray. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if we pray in secret, he'll reward us openly. So uh, that just goes to show that we need to be quiet. You know, we need to make sure that we keep some things on the low instead of always just publicizing and talking about everything that there is to talk about. And, and so they, they said that, you know, they have rules in place about uh, wearing masks and spacing, keeping social distance and uh, not shaking hands, not hugging. And, you know, I just, when they talked about that, I just thought about my sons now, as a father, you know, I, I grew up, uh, my sons and I, we hug, we kiss, we greet each other that way, you know, and I just think it is so important to show affection, whether you were shown affection yourself, again, when you come to a realization of what is missing, you can make a difference. You're the you are part of the the team that makes a, the, the the game different. You know, uh, God's the coach, but we're we're on His team, and so when we come to an area of understanding, we can make a difference. We can make a difference, and so uh, I just want to give everybody a big hug and say I appreciate you and thank you. Uh, God bless you, and so my arms is not as large as God's, but. I, I think that that, you know, a hug is in order uh, to show affection, you know, and as I, I went on, I began to think more about my 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 daughter. My daughter is engaged um, to be married to a young man and during their, the time of their courtship. He was just so in love with her and I, I told him one day I, I said, you know, I said, you really attracted to my daughter and you know I've known this young man for many years uh, from actually from his birth and um, he uh, was really just all heads over heels and they're going to get married and you know and they were engaged and so I just told him one day uh, prior to the, this engagement I said um I said you know my daughter you you love her very much I said and I said you find her very attractive I said you know she looks just like me and he thought about it for a moment and he couldn't stop laughing for nothing. He just really enjoyed that. Now I went a little further. I said, so, you know, when you, when you're holding her hand and you reach over to give her a kiss, um, you know, and so he, he got the picture and thought that was very hilarious. 
you know, that was just a good moment of, of time. And this young man has gone on to be with the Lord right after baptism, a very young man in his 30s, young 30s, and uh, was baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of his sins. And the very next day after, that was a Sunday evening, we had good fellowship and the very next day, he went on to be with the Lord. And, you know, that's a very big thing, big hurt, a void in the lives of so many people. But I just bring it up to say, you know, that we should love one another and enjoy people while you can. You know, hug, let people know that you care about them. You know, be there, communicate, give someone a call and just say, you know, I was thinking about you and I just wanted to say hi. You know, let them hear your voice. We, we do a lot of texting and I, I just really, uh, that's to me, that's very much part of social distance uh, before they even start using that term. Uh, but I think a voice needs to be heard because when we're uh, up in age, your grandparents may not, they sight might be gone, but they'll remember your voice they'll hear you and you know parents grandparents great grandparents your voice is a difference and, and so that's what you want them that's what you want people to hear is your voice and i think everybody understands the impact of communication and making a verbal sound uh, unto the lord you know the bible said make a joyful noise unto the lord and we cannot do that through texting as much as we can without by inhaling and exhaling and the same with people we need to inhale and exhale uh exhortation of greeting and in contact with other people pick up the phone and call somebody and, and let them know that you care i want to go to the book of ezekiel I'm not going to be long this evening uh but just want to touch and you know I'm, I'm laboring with ezekiel as he's laboring through it it's labor intense and so the Bible will tell us that uh, in the 22nd chapter, beginning at the 13th verse through the 22nd verse, it says, Behold, therefore, I have smitten thy hand at thy dishonest game, which thou hast made, and at thy blood, which has been in the midst of thee. Can thy heart endure? And can thy hand be strong in the days that I shall deal with thee? I, the Lord, have spoken it and will do it. And I will scatter thee among the heathens and disperse thee in the countries and will consume thy filthiness out of thee. And thou shalt take thy inheritance and thyself and in the sight of the heathen and thou shalt know that I am the Lord. <clears throat> Excuse me. And the word of the Lord came unto me saying, son of man, the house of Israel is to me become dross. All they are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst of the furnace. They are even the drop of, drop of silver. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, because ye are all become dross, behold, therefore, I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem as they gather silver and brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace and blow the fire upon it to melt it. So I will gather you in the in my anger and in my fury, and I will leave thee there and melt you. Yea, I will gather you and blow un, upon you in the fire of the wrath, and shall be and ye shall be melted in the midst thereof, as silver is melted in the midst of the fire. So shall ye be melted in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I am the Lord have poured out my fury upon you. As I was reading this in preparation, I, I just stopped for a moment and said, why, Lord? Now, I know that, that we're in the 26th chapter and I, I well, we have uh, been uh, eating this bit by bit uh, from the very first chapter when Ezekiel by the river uh, had a vision and God began to deal with this, this young minister uh, about the condition of the people that he was part of. And so 
I, but yet I still had to ask why, because it just seemed so, you know, as I was reading this and thinking about it, uh, I, I, that was the only question that had my mind is just why, you know, why? And it's not that God doesn't have an answer or had not already answered the question, but I guess that's more directed to us. Why? Why do we do the things that we do? Myself, like so many that are willing to confess our faults and to clean them up, eventually ask why. Why did I speed up instead of slowing down? Why did I do that? It doesn't mean you don't know the answer, but why did I do that? You know, if I would have slowed down, there wouldn't have been an accident. But I chose and felt I could get away with something. And so I did it. Why did I make that decision knowing the ramifications that I could outrun the consequence of my behavior? You know, how foolish we are in our thinking at times that we can outrun the consequences of our behavior. We can't, whether it's good or bad. The Bible says that uh, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And that goes for whether it's something good we reap good things, we sow good things, and we, and we get good things in return, but we can also sow bad things and reap those bad things in return as well. Why did I feel that I could outrun the consequences of my behavior? Whatever that behavior was that I did, knowing that I should not have done, I felt that I could run faster than the consequences. I felt, you know, as, as many others, that I could get away with that, only to find out when reality came, because reality does come, matter of fact, reality is just as quick. And it brings us to the to the realization that, you know, it, that was foolishness. Why should I do it? You know, why shouldn't I? Why shouldn't I do it? You know, other people are doing it. There we go with the why. Why shouldn't I? You know, the people across the street is doing it. The people around the corner has done it. You know, people I went to school with is, is doing it and, you know, my friends are doing it and, and whether they're juvenile or adults, they're doing it and they're getting away with it, uh, you know, and it seemed like nothing is happening to them. So it appears that way. You know, the, the thing about our consequences is that we never know when it's going to manifest the fruit. We never know when it's going to come to us. We never know when we're going to reap that very thing that we sowed, whether it is something good or something bad. There's the why. Why me, Lord? Why did that happen? Why did that have to happen? The thing that stopped the endless loop of why is when we face the facts and stop what we're about to do. You ever been in a situation where you were about to do something and you, you thought about it? Maybe you were about to get in a relationship with somebody and you didn't do it. And, and then you found out that, uh, that you uh, avoided uh, a, a terrible situation. You know, this reminds me of one of the songs. And I, I can't remember who sings it right now. I think it might be Beyonce. But, uh, you know, the, I think she was saying you the best thing that I've never had. Uh, and, and some of you might know the song that I'm speaking about, but uh, the fact is, is that you might dream about it, it might all look good, and then you find out that it was not that good. It was not as good as what you anticipated. Maybe some, you turned it down, you thought about it and said, let me get out of this. And someone else got hope to it, <laughs> that individual, and you found out that how terrible the situation, what you wanted to trade it in. And so why? Why did that happen? Maybe it's, it's certainly because the red flags that was being waved, we didn't pay attention to it, you know, or uh, as they say, you can't see the, uh, see the forest or the trees, you know, love will blind you. But uh, someone said love, love is blinding, but marriage is an eye opener. And so once we're married, we have to work through because we do make a vow before the Lord, better or for worse. 
And there is a way to work through situations and, and it just takes willingness. Now you have to be willing, everyone has to be willing participants uh, in, in doing what's right. God is a willing participant uh, for the children of Israel. He said, I'm married to you. As I begin, as I was listening to the word of God, you know, I love listening to Bible Gateway and just listening to the scripture when, when I'm not reading it. And uh, so I can have a better understanding or clarity because I might have read something and didn't get a better. But when I hear it being read back to me, I, I, I might get a better understanding of what's going on, a better picture may be painted. And so the children of Israel, as we have covered in our lessons, they uh, were very, very arrogant in their behavior. The Lord rescued them and the Lord deals with that. And you have to go back and read the 15th chapter on your own time of Ezekiel, the 15th, 16th chapter, where the Lord talks about them uh, being naked and just undone and, and how he nurtured them and brought them into a place of respect and honor. And then they pretty much uh, sped on it. They did not respect. Uh, the Lord said, I, when you became of maturity, I covered your nakedness. You know, I covered the very thing that will be a reproach to you. I covered it up. And you turned around and exposed yourself to everybody. You exposed yourself to Babylon. You exposed yourself to the Amorites. You exposed yourself to other people. Uh, not only did you expose yourself, but you went chasing after them. Uh, you know, and the Lord put it like this. He said, harlots get paid for what they do, but you didn't even get paid. You went and made an offer. You gave yourself away. You gave what belonged to your husband away. And that's the way the Lord equates it. And so Israel, Israel had become so arrogant in what they were doing that uh, that they just totally pushed God away. And this wasn't their first time. Now, we have to understand, we have to deal with these things in order to receive the blessings. Everyone wants to jump to the blessing. And I have to keep saying this, that you need to be prepared for the blessing in order to uh, properly appreciate it. That means a certain mindset has to be in place. You know, everybody's not going, I'll use this, and everyone's not going to heaven as they are. You know, you have to fit into the kingdom of God. You cannot go into the kingdom of heaven or to the kingdom of God and have the mindset uh, as you would have if you lived in the United States or the mindset, you know, I'm a Republican, a Democrat, an independent, or, uh, you know, the mindset of it that you live in uh, various areas around the world, you know, it's not the same government. This We're talking about God's government. When Abraham was, uh, was traveling on his sojourn, he uh, came into fellowship with Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem. And, uh, and so you have now church and state uh, represented the king of Salem. He was the Lord um, and governing. And so when we enter into God's kingdom, it, there's not going to be political parties of any nature and no sides to take except God's side. And that is because he is uh, king of king and Lord of lords. Uh, uh, John saw one, he saw one throne. And, and so when we consider those things, then we have to conform, to be transformed by the renewal of our mind. And we have to wash those things away and learn how to use at the same time, we use the, the word of God and we use what we learn uh, here during our temporary assignment. The, it, the children of Israel, the children of Israel, they saw signs, they saw wonders, they, the crossing of the Red Sea and the miracles in the wilderness, and they made irrational decisions after being exposed to all of this. We as a people, a community, a nation, global society have done some foolish things without ever saying I'm sorry to the individual or even to God. You know, I was reading in the, uh, the other day an uh, article and they were talking about that China, and, and I don't know, you know, the, the news um, I, uh, presents inf what, they, what they're going to present, but uh, China was talking about the Cold War, a political, you know, this political war that's going on, and 
if we truly, when we truly come into God's kingdom, there will be no cold wars. As we as a people, this community, nations and global society, do we ever stop to think about the foolish things we do and say, I'm sorry? As an individual, do we say, I'm sorry to the person next to us that we offend? Do we apologize? We're not looking to apologize with an excuse. You know, that, that's not an apology. You know, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm sorry, but, you know, no one else wouldn't have said that if it was them. But that's not a, an apology. Apology means that you feel sorry. You're sorrowful. And the Bible said the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And so saying I'm sorry and people not to say I'm sorry in different ways. We have to know and understand and, and realize that. And, you know, when you have a partner, when you when you're married to someone or maybe you're courting someone and, you know, they they're symbolic in their gestures. And you understand that that gesture, maybe you come home and they've cooked a fine meal after uh, there's been a disagreement. They're saying I'm sorry. Or you might be verbal to say, I'm sorry, or maybe a gift or something that says, I apologize. And we should be the same with God. Lord, I am sorry. Lord, I apologize. And, you know, the thing that makes the apology so acceptable is the fact that we don't go back and do it again. The children of Israel thought they could they could and would get away with uh, reminiscing on Israel, um, excuse me, on Egypt and different things, Israel. I kept letting their mind run back to Moloch and, you know, to Ramoth and the different gods of Egypt that they uh, grabbed hold to. And they kept doing it, thinking they were going to get away with it. When did going to jail? You remember Israel, because of all that they were doing, kept going into captivity. When did going to jail ever seem appealing to anyone? No one wants to be on lockdown. No one wants to go in and do time for a crime, whether they committed or, you know, and certainly if you did not commit it, God forbid, and, and really just, just pray for justice because we need a just, justice to be exposed so that those that have not actually committed crime, there, there are people that, have, that are doing time, have died doing time for a crime that they did not commit because of prejudice, because of uh, different things that exist those days and even today. That's enough to keep you on your knees praying for your family and praying for your children and praying for others. Israel was in bondage even at this moment. God delivered them. Then, and they rejected. After a great deliverance, they rejected sovereign God as the king because they wanted to be like other people. Be, trying to be like other people will get you in trouble. Trying to be like other people, you know, and, and it's the fault of so many. And I, I when we consider our parents, I, I, this, I just want to say this, that parents are flawed. Children are born without a book, without instructions tied to their ankle. Parents were contaminated by their parents, you know, and it was just passed down until someone into the, the into that link was broke, until something was severed and someone viewed what was being said and changed their ways and said, you know, it don't have to be that way. Uh, knowledge has increased, better understanding. Uh, you know, we don't have to be beat as slaves. And, and so we don't, therefore the abuse and different things whether it is physical or mental and certainly emotional uh, needs to be corrected. But we also have to realize that uh, that their people are damaged and because they're damaged, they have a tendency to hurt others. And so the children of Israel wanted to be like other people and the people that they wanted to be like were damaged. God called the children of Israel, create a nation in order to show people what it means to serve a sovereign God, not a deception, not something that has that has been presented by the enemy, but a choice of what is right. And so the Bible tells us over in first Samuel, the eighth chapter, it says when Samuel grew old, he approved, he appointed his sons as Israel leaders. 
Then the name of the firstborn, Joel, and the second, Abijah, and uh, they served in Bathsheba. But his sons did not follow his ways. They didn't follow after their father, Samuel. They turned aside after dishonest gain and accepting bribes and how and perverted justice. So all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel. They said to him, you're old and your sons do not follow your ways. Now appoint a king to lead us such as all the other nations have. But they said, give us a king to lead us. Now this displeased Samuel, so he prayed to the Lord. A good leader is going to take the issue to the Lord. A leader is going to go to God because that is their responsibility. The leader is the under shepherd. I'm an under shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And so the Lord is who I'm going to take the problem to. I'm gonna talk to God about the situation. And so Samuel took the situation, took their request to the Lord. They said to him, you're old. But when he said, give us a king and it displeased Samuel. And so he prayed to the Lord and the Lord told him, said, listen, listen to all the people, listen to all that the people are saying to you. It is not you they rejected, but they have rejected me as their king. Now this is really mind stirring. And now I can say that now because I can see better now. I, I'm more clear, little understanding now uh, than what there was when I first read this years ago or even as growing up. You know, they rejected the Lord as their king as they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me and serving the God. So they always have had a agenda rather than serving God. They had another agenda, not all of them, but enough of them. And they rejected the Lord as their king. Now listen to them but warn them and the Lord gives them a stern warning that if I give you, if I give you what you're asking for, you're going to have to deal with the consequences of that request. But the people refused to listen to Samuel and they said, no, we want a king over us. Then we will be like all the other nations with a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. Now, I have to step back and really just look at this because, you know, we're talking about sovereign God here. We're talking about the one that, and I'm kind of ahead of myself, but we're talking about the one that brought them out, delivered them, showed them signs and wonders, miracles performed in their presence, undeniable. They saw thunder and lightning. They, they, the voice of God was so awesome that the people, they, they were afraid to come near the mountain. And, you know, but they wanted a regular man to lead them so that they could be like the other nations. A bad, a pattern of bad judgments began to spread among the majority. Israel history was becoming corrupt more and more with every bad decision made. Now I want you to listen to this very clearly. The Bible says Samuel grew old. His sons didn't follow him. The elders of Israel gathered together. Now the elders of Israel, the elders of Israel, the elders of Israel, the people that are supposed to be have wisdom and knowledge, people that are supposed to have understanding because time has given them some a little more clarity uh, than the younger people. The mindset of the elders of Israel had already been established before they went to the pastor, before they went to Samuel, before they presented their case. Samuel's age and his son's behavior was just the excuse being presented as they made a demand to replace sovereign God with a temporary fixture of flesh and blood. We want to be like all the other nations. Are you choosing to be like the Joneses? You know, sometimes we look around at other people and say, I want to be like them. 
you know, and they they make it so appealing, and that's why we have our our you know our young people want to want to be like uh, be like what they see because it looks so glamorous. Whether they trying to drop it like it's hot, and, you know, and trying to rap about different things that they don't really don't know nothing about. If you talk to some of them about some of the community events that occurred throughout history that bring us into a position where we are today, they don't have the slightest ideal. Uh, you know, and I, I'm not talking about uh, Martin Luther King and different um, marches for rights, I'm but I, I am talking about some of those things and even some of the gangs and how they came about was not, did not start out as a, um, a gang of blood and violence, but it was something that was to help control and keep the community safe. And so uh, when we look at those things and they don't know nothing about that. And so when we consider, are you trying to be like the Joneses? Do you know the price that was paid for them to achieve what they have? Trying to be like someone else except who God made you to be is a misunderstanding of what and who you are. It can lead and usually does lead to disappointment in more ways than one. God didn't call you to be like me. Uh, he didn't call you to be like anyone else. He called you to be who he want you to be. And that's the prayer. Lord, help me to be the man that you're calling for. Help me to be the, you know, the woman that, that you're calling for. That should be our prayer. Help me to be the individual that you're, because you're unique. And you know, that's why your fingerprints are unique. Your handprint, you know, your, your, the prints on your feet, uh, your your that's why they're different because God wanted you to be different, not the same as other people or the same as the person that is standing next to you. It doesn't mean we don't have common ground, but we're not to be identical. They rejected. They rejected the Lord. Give us a king. All of this was planned out before they had had went to Samuel. As they have done from the day I brought them out of Egypt until this day, forsaking me to serve other gods. What kind of gods that they made with their hands? God that was made out of gold, God that was made out of uh, cement, concrete, and different things, the weird stuff that they made. You know, if I make something, I expect it to do what I say, not, not turn around and, and worship it. You know, it'd be crazy for me to, uh, as a developer, uh, to create something, then I turn around and start praying to it, and I'm the one that programmed it. I'm the one that's creating it. I'm the one that that has that very thing uh, developed. But this is what they were doing. They took what other people had created and developed, and and, and started worshiping that very thing. God brought them out of Egypt, and they brought these banners with them. They brought the star of one of the Egyptian gods that they carried as a banner and other things that God did not sanction. God did not sanction those things. Then we will be like other nations as a king to lead us and to go out before us and fight our battles. The Bible tells us that during the last watch that night before the Red Sea was parted, that God looked down out of the pillar of the fire in a cloud uh, came between the Egyptian army and it caused confusion among them. What more or what mightier uh, individual do you want going into battle for you? When you get sick, you don't call for a king. When you get sick, you don't call for, you calling upon God. You calling for the minister. Hopefully that minister is is consecrated and unto the Lord, you're calling for them to come and pray for you. You're calling for them to come and anoint you and to minister unto you that you might be healed. Not a king. You don't call for the king. You're calling for God Almighty. So is that is the king. I want God. Here we go. I want God to be my king, to be sovereign in my life, to fight my battles. I don't want the individual to go before me. I want God to go before me. And if there's anyone, you know, we use attorneys today. We have representation. They need the wisdom of God. God needs to help. 
help them understand. The doctor is searching. They're practicing medicine, and that's what their license say. They have studied enough that they can practice. But when God gets involved and guides the mind of the doctor, guides the hand of the doctor, everything is all right. When God gets into the situation and gets involved because we've yielded ourselves to him, it makes everything all right. It makes the difference. He's on the battlefield. If I just be still and let the Lord fight my battle, that's what we have to do. The Lord told Israel, he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. However, that's not what Israel wanted to do. They wanted to have a king. Sovereign God that made those that uh, those that listen rich. That's this is a subject for another time. But uh, the Lord, those that listen, was made rich when they had nothing. Because he was their king. Israel became dishonest and started gathering up dishonest gain and shedding innocent blood. Their own filthiness began to consume them. Instead of being redefined or, re, or, or being refined as and, and viewed as the precious elements that God had caused, they became like the refiner's dross. They became worthless, like the dross when the, the precious element is being heated, it, the dirt and the elements rise to the top and it is skimmed off and this is a process that's repeated. But Israel became that instead of becoming refined. And so we're not fit for the king's crown unless we be refined. And there, this was an opportunity. The Lord had told Israel, he said, listen, Ezekiel conveyed the message to them and said that the Lord is looking for you to change your spirit, change your heart, have a change of heart, be different. Don't be like other nations. And, you know, if we're going to serve God as our king, for, then we have to be like he's calling us to be. And that is dependent on him. While we're at school, we're dependent on him. You know, when I when I go to class, I, Lord, help me to study and understand the things that I that I'm listening to. Help me have more clarity as I practice these things. And, you know, you never stop learning. You never stop learning. Let, let me make something clear here. A man can never rise above his knowledge. You should never stop learning. Don't put yourself in a position where you just shut down and say, well, you know, I've done enough. No, you have not done enough because you have limited yourself. And it doesn't mean you're going to seek after every bit of knowledge that there is. But, you know, learn what you need to learn and become good at it. And if you don't know something, it doesn't hurt to say, I don't know. And, you know, I went to a job interview one time and a young man that was coaching me in this interview some years ago said, um, he said, you know, when you go to your interview and they're, they're asking you these technical questions, if you don't know, don't pretend. Just say, I don't know. If you make it through the interview, if you say enough and they invite you back, make sure you go back with the answer for the questions that you did not know. And I did that and I was hired. So we need to make sure that we keep God as king. God was using that young man to coach me. And that's where how I arrived at such a great uh, position in which I'm, I hold now. And as an administrator, and so when we consider those things, and administrator technology, and so when we consider those things, we have to acknowledge God and let him be king. If Israel would have allowed God to be king, they would have saw more miracles in their lives happening. If they would have allowed God to be king. Now, let me tell you what shuts it down. You come, you go to the altar, you request prayer, or you know, you're praying about the thing, but in the back of your mind, you're making your, you've already made a decision how you're going to handle it before you've heard from the King of Kings, before you've heard from the Lord. It don't mean that you don't sit down and make a plan, but understand something. God does not have a plan B. He has a plan A, and that's it. He's Alpha. He has the plan. He has the plan. And he sees it all the way through from the beginning until the end. 
We cannot get in the way of, well, we should not get in the way of God's plan as Israel did. They got in the way of God's plan. They had their own agenda. Don't make your own agenda. You know, as I often say, and I'll continue to say that we believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we should be faithful. We're faithful and we're bold with the church. We depend on God's word because God said heaven and earth will pass away. But my word is going to stand. His name one day is not going to be a name to be used for salvation. But his word is going to stand. His word is going to remain in place. This is Pastor Carl Henderson with Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Thank you for listening. We'll be back. The word of God. And, you know, while this this just want to worship the Lord and the beauty of holiness as we should. Yield ourselves unto the Lord. You know, it's not enough to to hear the word, to quote the word. It don't, it don't mean anything if the life doesn't measure up to it. And that's for any and everybody, you know, because we're all judged from the word of God. The Bible said and the books were open. And, and so I want to understand the books and, you know, I, I want to know what God, what he's calling for in my life. Let's let's pray that you pray that God is whatever you call him for. You know, we're still fasting and praying and seeking God. And that's going to be nonstop uh, because the Bible said some things come by prayer and fasting. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for the moments of exhortation and your word. We just pray and ask that you would bless the listeners and uh, Lord God and those that have heard and those that will hear this later on. Lord God, to embrace your word, to yield themselves and to look forward to the blessing that you have for us. Lord God, we know that that we're walking in a path that's going to lead us into your blessing in Jesus mighty name. Amen. We'll be back again Sunday morning after this song at 8 a.m. The book of Acts and just loving the Lord. Be blessed. God bless you. Love you.